Are you tired of all the voices who say, focus on the bottom line numbers? Say whatever you have to, just close the sale. Just get the credit card. It doesn't matter what you deliver. You will never build a successful business until you grow a pair and stop caring so much. Here, we respectfully disagree. We give you permission to embrace who you are, how much you care, and encourage you to design a business that works for you and your clients. Welcome to The Art of Giving a Damn, the podcast that proves with every single episode that you can create a profitable business doing what you're passionate about and making a positive difference in the world. So we're all busy, we're working moms, we all have our children, and we all are walking around with the guilt that our children don't feel our love enough because we're so busy telling them what they're not doing right and how they should sit up straight and, you know, uh, do their homework before they go out to play and uh, love their little brothers and never fight. So I created a free download, which is just one page, and it takes 60 seconds, and it's divided into three steps that are clear for any mother, and I know that we all have 60 seconds a day, as busy as we are, and as, you know, um, out of the house, many hours out of the house as we can be in, and whatever we're contending with. So in your 60 seconds, when you download the One Minute Mother, you will now know the three steps that it takes to create a loving memory. And I find that when we put loving memories into the memory bank, on the love bank between mother and child, that sets the foundation for any kind of parenting and requests and demands that we have down the road. And it's something that once we get used to and we know how to do, I say we have confidence when we have confidence. So when you know how to, you will. So if you go to the mommy guilt expert and you download the free gift, you will have immediately in your hands the one-minute mother where you will go through step one, two, and three, which works on any age and any stage child from when you're holding them in your arms until you have to call them up from outside when it gets dark, when they didn't even want to come in and do homework and eat dinner. And that's for all of us, no matter what our profession is, no matter what age our children are. And you're the one that's going to fill in the blanks to love your child and create a memory that will last a lifetime. I think that working moms who need to streamline their parenting and their skills at work are going to feel so at home in my GPS method, because all you have to know is the colors of the traffic light, and I explain everything. Green, love, go. Red, authority, no. And yellow, trust, slow. All three components can be used at home to parent and raise the most loving, um, capable, mature children while you invest in your career. And the same exact skills can be transferred and implemented in your workplace so that when you're working, you're practicing to be a better mom. And when you're at home on a long weekend, using those skills, you go back Monday morning so much more um, ready and capable to enhance your business and expand it. So it works for moms, dads, anybody who is involved in raising your child. 
and I prepared a bonus for your audience for the special moms who are dedicated and devoted and committed and just need me to hold their hand, take them through it so that they can enjoy every single moment they're raising their child and not be concerned that they'll have regrets looking back, thinking, I could have, and I should have done it differently. So if they go to www.buygpsnowbonus, again, buygpsnowbonus, they will receive lifetime access to this GPS online program and the extra bonus, which is a secret, but it's something that is going to resonate with working moms, and all of you will enjoy what I am giving you, prepared for you, what I struggled with raising my six children, and I want to ask you to join thousands of working moms across the globe, learning how to live and love raising their children while they invest in their career. Now here's your host, Michelle Schaefer. Welcome to another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. My guest today is Allison Franz. Allison, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I know you've got a really powerful story, and I think this is an issue that really does stop a lot of people just dead in their tracks. So um, by way of introduction, you are a grief and trauma healing expert, speaker, and author. You help people who feel held back by grief and trauma really finally break free of that so that they can thrive in life, which is challenging for a lot of us who have gone through anything that creates those just things that put us into shutdown mode almost as we try to process. And I know that one of the things you specialize is in working with people who've been through other systems, other processes, other interventions that didn't work. So I'm curious to hear more, not just about your system, but about how you got into this and what made you decide to go into this professionally. So we're going to just jump in here and let me start by asking you about your book. So you're the author of The Grief Cure, A Revolutionary Guide to Healing from Loss. Uh, tell me what inspired you to write that book and share such vulnerable parts of your own story. So the way I ended up writing that book, it was, it, I feel the book picked me. <laughs> it, it wasn't something that I had been planning for a long time to write. And I just suddenly felt, I was like, I need to write this book. It, it was like burning inside of me. And just based on my own personal story and how that has affected my work because originally I was trained as a therapist in my 20s. I worked as a therapist and I did a lot of community work. Um, I'm bilingual, so I've done a ton of work in the Spanish-speaking community where I live in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh And somebody asked me one day, hey, would you want to go into private practice? There's a huge need for Spanish-speaking therapists. Okay. And, you know, if you're interested in this, I could show you what you need to do. And I said, okay, sure. And, but then I said, wait a minute. No, 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 I'm not ready for that yet. I waited about a year. The big step. Yeah. I I waited about a year and my job was getting very stressful. So that was when I made the leap. And I thought I'd probably be a therapist for the rest of my life until about a year later after I was in private practice, I lost my dad. 
and my life just started spiraling out of control. Imagine. And what I didn't know at that time was that the grief I was feeling wasn't just grief. It was really tied in with earlier trauma Mm. that was unprocessed but unconscious to me. So that's one of the things that makes my process so unique is that we look at the subconscious things that are contributing to that pain from the grief Mm. and we look at all those parts together and I don't know anyone else who does that. And that's what makes it so powerful because there's a lot of deeper things going on when you're grieving than just that loss. There's a whole lot of stuff going on subconsciously. And if you're able to find that and work with that, that's where the healing starts. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that's one of the things that really does keep people stuck sometimes because they say, okay, here's the levels that you're going to go through with this loss. Here's how you're going to react in each one. And it's like this accepted thing that this is the proper process of grieving and these are the proper times to do it. And sometimes things hit us that anybody else would look at and go, why did that trigger this in you? But it's because of what you're talking about. There's other unresolved things that are are causing more emotion and more trauma around something that I think most people don't even know to stop and, and dive into it to see what else is coming up behind it. That's, that's a really, I think, important point for people to understand. Sometimes the grief you're feeling is about different things than what it might seem like. There's more to it. Yeah. Whenever you're trying to heal from something and it's not working, it's because you haven't gone deep enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's something that that's hard to do. Like the idea of let me dive into this pain is, that's scary. So how do you approach that conversation with a client or what do you recommend to somebody who they know they are still struggling with some sort of grief or trauma? Where do you start to make that decision of I'm going to I'm going to go into this as deeply as it takes to actually resolve it? Yeah. Well, luckily I have a lot of powerful techniques that I use mm-hmm. that actually make it pretty unpainful to go Okay. Into- okay yeah so that stuff you know that's it's deep and it's and it hurts all that kind of stuff it's just a reaction in your body and I have a number of techniques where you can sort of really minimize that while you're working through that gotcha well I know one of those is you have a four-step process for looking at that and that's in your book which by the way for everybody watching listening you can find that book at thegriefcurebook.com if you go to thegriefcurebook.com you can get a copy free of Allison's book and understand a little bit more about the four-step process but talk to me about that for a minute how does that work so yeah my four-step process really looks at Um, the deeper levels of grief and what's really causing it. And it really turns pretty much anything you've ever heard about grief upside down (laughs) because um, it looks at grief from a very deep lens Uh that not a lot of people see it from. So there's tons of myths out there about grief and my process dispels them all because it says that you can heal. So my four-step process is 
uh, step one is consciously know and believe in your power to heal. And the reason why that's so important is because there's so much bad information out there saying you're going to be in some degree of pain for the rest of your life. Hmm. And okay. there experts who say that. You're not yeah, I've, I've heard that of don't don't try to get over it or past it. Just learn how to live with it type approach. And then there's other people who say, well, it's just going to take years. It's just it's going to take time. It's another big myth I talk about all the okay. time. If mm-hmm. you've been grieving for six months to a year and it's still disrupting your life, time is not the solution. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It means... So what happens is if you've been grieving for like six months to a year and you don't see it getting better and that grief is disrupting your life in at least one way, be it that you're not sleeping or you're just irritated with the world because this is in the back of your mind or maybe you're just needy because you're lonely um, and that's have an effect on your relationships. So if grief is interrupting your life in some way, six months to a year after the loss occurred, there's something more going on there. Mm. I like to call that traumatic grief. And what I mean by that is that this loss that you've experienced is, has been processed in your body similarly to a trauma. Mm. And it's not just going to go away. That's an interesting concept. I, I haven't heard people talk about it that way before. So if it's something that, that, like you said, six months, a year out is, is still affecting you to a really deep degree, where do you start to look at that and go, okay, I need more support or help around this? What can people do to start to process it differently? Yeah. So like I said, step one is to know and believe that you can heal. Mm-hmm. Then you need to look at the root causes. Okay. Now, a big part of grief is spiritual and energetic. So my second step is use comprehensive energy psychology to release the pain that's primarily just from the loss okay Um, the next step is to revitalize your self-love and spirituality because self-love plays a role here and that's because part of the pain from your loss is that you're depending on love from an external source Hmm. okay that makes sense Right, yeah. and you're missing that, then it's, it's going to throw you into a tailspin. Yeah. It's a, when we're whole, when we feel whole is w- really when we're in a good state of self-love. Self-love and feeling whole are kind of one, being your own best friend, right? Mm-hmm. And when you feel that way, it's harder for uh, disruptions to affect you. Okay. Yeah, so when that makes you, sense. you know, the glass is already full. So when a little bit spills out, you're okay. You still got plenty left, right? But if that glass is not full and a big chunk spills out, you don't have much left, right? And that's yeah. where that comes in. Yeah, well, that makes sense. And I think that kind of points back to another one of those big myths that Hollywood and and fairy tales are great for is that idea of you're not complete by yourself. You need this other person or this other thing to completely you in some way. You need this family. You need this whatever it is. And when our identity and our, our love and completeness is found externally, then, yeah, it's a huge thing when that's missing. I can see where you wouldn't 
you wouldn't feel like you could heal without that piece. So that makes sense. Really finding wholeness in yourself and realizing you are complete on your own. Yes, it's great to have those relationships, but you have to be complete in yourself as well. Yeah, we can certainly accept love and enjoy other people, but it's meant to be an enhancement. Right. Not um, not an attachment. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Or not something that we're sort of like um, – needing yeah you know that that makes a lot of sense so that's step three step four yeah so well the other part of step three is is to revitalize your self-love and spirituality so you also want to look at your spiritual beliefs and how um they are affecting you the two ways that i see it um affecting you the most Mm -hmm. is one way is that um, we tend to think we're just a body and because that person is not there physically, they're not with us. And this is where I get a little woo. That's okay, <laughs> and, go ahead. And, um, and the other thing is that, you know, we forget that, you know, we have a divine purpose mm-hmm. and just because this person is gone from our life doesn't mean we can't remake it. So... Yeah. Yeah, so we see that loss as like an emptiness, and we get stuck, and we go, but we just want things to go back to the way that they were. But that person has actually had a huge positive impact on us, and now all that love and all those lessons we got from that person are something we can use in our life. Yeah, and I think that that's one of those things that sometimes we're so overwhelmed by the grief we're feeling and loss that we forget how much there is still left behind of somebody's wisdom, of the things they shared, of things that we can move forward with and, you know, see the positive side of the effect and that their presence is still felt in those ways. Yeah. Yeah. So little bit of a different question, you know, there, there may be people listening who are themselves struggling with loss, with grief, with traumatic grief, um, and I know the steps will help them getting a copy of the book, will help give them some sort of anchor for what to do next. For people who may be listening and thinking, you know, I think somebody close to me is struggling with traumatic grief. They're angry at the world. They fly off the handle. They're sad all the time. They're not sleeping. Those different markers that say, okay, something on a deep level is really, really wrong. What can we do to support people in our lives who are going through traumatic grief or dealing with things? Because sometimes, you know, you lose somebody in a family and certain people are able to keep going and others get stuck in the grief. Or you've got somebody you're close to who lost somebody that that you maybe weren't in relationship with, but they were. How can you support somebody? And what do you recommend we do um, to support somebody going through grief like that? I would say, you know, you want to get them to step one, consciously know and believe that you have the power to heal. Mm -hmm. And then once you get there, then things can start unraveling for that person sort of naturally you know, they'll start to seek solutions and, you know, the universe can just really line up for you when you truly in your heart want that. So I would say, get them to step one. If they've heard you can't heal, you're going to be stuck, whatever, try to get them out of that mindset. 
because that's what that's the first thing that keeps them stuck you know and try to inspire them you know remind them all the great things that they know how to do and all the things that they love that they still deserve to do and the things that they can do they how they can move forward with those things that they love that maybe they're really good at you know because there's this emptiness after you know you know for me um i used to visit my dad every sunday right and i'd spend the majority of the day with him so for like the first that first year Sundays were like torture for me, Wow, you know? And, um, I can remember it being Sunday and just thinking I got to do something with myself. I got to forget it Sunday, you know? And we all have things like that. But again, when we feel whole, when we are connected to our divine purpose, life makes more sense and we don't dwell on what we don't have. Yeah, that that's really good advice to look at. What is your purpose? Why are you still here? Because there's a reason. There's a reason that you're still here and that you have something to do um, to carry on, to keep going with life. So I think that's, that's a great point for people to remember if they're struggling with grief or somebody that you know is, remind them of why they're here. And you know, you still need them. Others still need you, whatever those relationships are. You know, I got to ask, this is a, this is not an easy topic, right? This is a really deep, heavy topic. And you're working with clients all day around these losses and this grief. What made you decide to focus on this exclusively in your private therapy practice? Like, what, what was what was going through your head when you made that decision that I'm going to focus on this thing? Well, again, I didn't pick it. It picked me, but oh, fair <laughs> enough. But however, you know, this is a comment that I get a lot when yeah. people go, wow, you work with people who have experienced grief and trauma oh, and things of this nature. How do you do it? But my answer, honestly, is that I love my work because why? Because I get to see people make, these huge changes in such a short time like what's better than that you know yeah the like I don't have any sadness about this I'm happy you know when somebody tells me I've been in therapy for 10 years and I've been going to acupuncture for two years and I've been I've tried exercise routines and personal trainers and I use essential oils every day and I went and I went to a retreat in Bali and, that promised me I was going to heal. Nothing, of, nothing has worked. Mm. You know, you're my last hope. You know, mm. that makes me happy. I'm like, good. Yeah. This person is going to finally get the result they want. <laughs> I can see why that would be inspiring. And, you know, it's, it's funny because to me, when I hear that kind of response, I'm like, I know this person is doing what they were meant to do when something that would honestly drain a lot of people and just be depressing you to have a hard time not falling into it yourself it energizes you and you can tell that you know that's what you are meant to do here so that is amazing to me when I think when when we find that thing that really lights us up Mm -hmm. um, it might not always make sense (laughs) to other people but you know it's what you're here to do I love that so what is your favorite part of working with clients I think my favorite part is how quickly they see results 
because they're not expecting it. Like they're like, okay, you're my last hope. I've tried everything else, but like somewhere in the back of their mind, they're not sure. And I frequently see like a big shift in somebody within like a month. Wow. Yeah. that, That would be amazing to have really struggled with something for months, for years, for some people it's been five or 10 years. Even I know people that have just fallen into almost a black hole with grief and, you know, I can imagine how amazing that must be to be able to watch them turn around, find that spark inside again, and really be able to re-engage with life um, because, you know, there's more to it, that it's, it's, it's a bigger process than sometimes what we think. Yeah. And it's interesting because some people come to me and they don't even know that it's grief or loss related or trauma related they just know that they're like totally stuck and they're whatever having anger fits and breaking things and fighting with their spouse every day and they don't know what this is about and then we trace it back to some kind of loss Mm -hmm. or some kind of trauma that might be something that maybe is not considered a traditional trauma. Maybe they didn't get robbed or they didn't get raped, but maybe there was a major disruption in their life from something that, you know, seemed to that sort of precipitated a downward spiral for them. Yeah. I think that's a really important point. And I hope everybody listening, hears what you're saying right now that just because what you've been through does not fit the traditional textbook list of you may now feel grief because you've had XYZ happen doesn't mean your body is not going through it. Your emotions aren't feeling that. I have seen things trigger what looked like PTSD, basically like that, that traumatic stress reaction that somebody else would look at and go, well, that's just life or, well, that's not, nobody died, nothing major happened, but it can still trigger that in somebody and it can be really hard sometimes to figure out you know i had a conversation with a friend in business the other day who told me i think this particular client relationship and it was one that had had gone really really bad it like not not the not the normal let's say but like an explosion type thing and they told me i think that's why i'm not going after new clients moving forward in business because i have some sort of of traumatic stress reaction from it and i went yeah Let's figure out who you can talk to who can help you through that because there are things like that that happen in life that maybe to somebody else is not a big deal, but you know it created trauma for you. And it's okay to say, I need help with this and allow yourself to get support to move forward. Yeah. And I actually had a client with a very similar uh, situation um, to what you just um, gave the example of. I think that happens so much in business. But yeah, I had a particular client who, so he was in a, he was in a car accident and, um, it was a real bad one. And that, from that point forward, all uh, he, and he lost a lot of things in the car accident and it was a trauma. And from that point forward, his business went downhill. Mm -hmm. However, what a lot of this also triggered was earlier stuff in his life and stuff from his divorce. So again, mm. there's all, um, always something wow. deeper going on. And it was the culmination of those sort of three things that mm. really, um, really needed to shift in order for him to move forward in his business. And I'm willing to bet that whatever 
that person experienced with that client was probably even triggering something from earlier on. And it was the culmination of that with that experience with the client that was just creating a real big barrier to being able to move forward. Yeah, uh, that absolutely makes sense. It's, it's, I heard somebody say once, and I thought this was such an interesting way to put it, that your breaking point isn't what broke you. And that idea of, yeah, you know what, the last straw on the camel's back was was this visible thing right here, but really it was these five other things that had already happened that you might not even be connecting the dots yet. And that's where it really can help to get an outside perspective from somebody who knows what questions to ask. I mean, I've had situations come up where I'm like, nope, can't do it, won't do it, not ready to move forward in this area. (laughs) And through conversation, I go, oh, that's because this other thing thing. And if I get this resolved, then I can move forward over here. And I think that's one of the things that I know I am not the only one who tends to want to go, okay, this wasn't a big deal. I'm I'm not going to deal with it. I'm just going to like keep going, but it comes back to bite you when you don't deal with those things as they happen or as you're aware that, okay, I have some sort of something going on related to this. I need to actually take the time to process it, to let go of it, to work through it, whatever that method is. Um, It just keeps circling back around until you actually deal with it and resolve it. It does. We want to believe time is just going to make it go away. (laughs) No, no. Ostrich head in the sand also does not make it go away. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the most dangerous myths that I hear, not just when it comes to dealing with grief, but almost anything is that idea of time heals all wounds. No, time's not the thing that actually heals them. It's really not. And if you put your focus on that and you're just like, well, I'll just wait it out and whatever happens between now, you're not supposed to wait it out. You're supposed to fix it so you can engage with life and do what you're here to do. And time doesn't always fix it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's such an interesting topic to dive into because I think you're right. There are so many layers to it that people don't see. So what would you like to leave the listening audience with as far as closing thoughts or next steps or what would be the big takeaway you want them to have from this interview? I just want them to know that, you know, you can, you can heal from anything. You can move forward no matter what. They're the only thing holding you back is yourself. Hmm. And if you, if you, if you've been dealing with an issue for whatever it is, For six months, a year, 10 years, you might be at the point where you need some assistance. So find that assistance. Is it a coach? Is it a mentor? Whatever it is, you know, move forward. The only person keeping you stuck is you. And even if you've been told you're stuck with that problem, that's just somebody's opinion, even if they're an expert. Ignore it. Don't let somebody else put limitations on you. Exactly. Yeah, love that. Thank you so much, Allison, for coming on today and sharing what you do, the process that you've seen work. And, and for anybody listening who is dealing with whatever it is that's triggered grief for you or someone you love, just take Allison's words to heart and know you absolutely can heal from it. You can move on. There is something for you to do here and you've just got to reconnect to that. Check out her book. You can find it at thegriefcurebook.com. Go take a look at it. 
if somebody you know is struggling with grief, maybe share it with them as just kind of a handout to say, hey, there is support here for you. We love you. We want to see you out of that dark place and back into what you're here to do on earth. So thank you again, Alice, and I appreciate your time so much today. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. For those of you who are listening, you can find that link somewhere near the video or the audio that you are tuned into. So check out the show notes and please rate, review, like, subscribe, share the show, and we will see you back again soon for another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn.